You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Hi, I'm Perry Carpenter, and you're listening to Eighth Layer Insights. I'm going to tell you up front, this episode is a bit of an experiment. So I'm still pretty new to this whole podcasting thing. I've been doing it for less than a year, and this is only the 16th episode that I've worked on. I'm always trying to learn to see what works and what doesn't work and what I like and what I don't like and what you like and what you don't like and what's useful and what's not useful. One way that I do that is by exploring other podcasts and other areas of the creative community to find inspiration. And every now and then, I come across an idea that I just can't escape until I've tried my version. You've been hearing some of that in just about everything that I do. This overall show takes a lot of inspiration from other shows like Freakonomics and Planet Money and Radiolab and great cybersecurity podcasts like Darknet Diaries and Malicious Life and Hacking Humans. But I also try to add in some of the things that I like about late night talk shows and skit comedies and variety show formats. You've seen that come out a bit more in this season. A great example of that is episode two titled, You're Listening to the Dark Stream, where the entire show was framed as one of those old late night call-in paranormal or conspiracy radio shows. So here's the thing for me. Show formats help to provide focus and predictability, and that's a good thing. But the point of predictability that I'm most interested in isn't so much the format as it is the feeling. It's the experience that you get as a listener. That's the consistent thing that I strive for each show. I ask myself every time how to give you an immersive experience that's totally unique. And here's the other part. I know that a large portion of my audience are cybersecurity professionals who are always looking for new and interesting ways to convey information to other people. So I want this podcast to be a resource for you, one where you can hear me try something and then you can decide if you want to emulate that in some way. So I can try to take a complex topic and find an interesting or a different way to communicate that to you, the audience, and then you can say, all right, what would my version of that be? This all goes back to this idea of Trojan horses for the mind that I kicked off the entire show with back in season one, episode one, the very first episode of this podcast. So here's today's experiment. It's an expansion of something that I tried in episode three of this season, where I did a mock interview with a digital assistant. If you haven't heard that episode, I encourage you to check it out. The segment begins at about the seven minute and 50 second mark. And the episode title was Technology and the Law of Unintended Consequences. The whole idea for what I'm trying is loosely based on another podcast called Everything is Alive by PRX and Radiotopia. Each episode of that show is a mock interview with an inanimate object like a bar of soap or a grain of sand or a sock or an elevator. Yeah, I know it sounds strange, but trust me, it's actually really interesting. 
That show has a great way of using these mock interviews with inanimate objects to teach us a little bit about the world around us and also to bring up interesting points about the human condition. So that's what today's show is all about, but with a cybersecurity flavor. On today's show, something really weird, and I'm calling it Security is Alive. Yeah, it's just a ripoff from Everything is Alive, but I think it's going to be fun. Here we go. Welcome to Eighth Layer Insights. This podcast is a multidisciplinary exploration into the complexities of human nature and how those complexities impact everything from why we think the things that we think to why we do the things that we do and how we can all make better decisions every day. This is Eighth Layer Insights, Season 2, Episode 6. I'm Perry Carpenter. We'll be right back after this message. So, what's a con game? It's a fraud that works by getting the victim to misplace their confidence in the con artist. In the world of security, we call confidence tricks social engineering. And as our sponsors at Know Before can tell you, human error is how most organizations get compromised. What are some of the ways organizations are victimized by social engineering? We'll find out later in the show. All right. Before we get to the interviews, let me mention one other thing. This is something you might want to check out in addition to the Everything is Alive podcast. If you subscribe to Masterclass and you're interested in writing or creativity, check out the Masterclass for Margaret Atwood. Well, actually, there's a lot of classes on Masterclass that I'd recommend, but the one that's on my mind today is for Margaret Atwood. One of her writing exercises that really ties into today's theme is very much in the vein of that everything is alive type of feel. Here's about a minute from that section, and it's from her lesson on narrative point of view. There's something very useful about writing the same event from multiple points of view as an exercise. Let's do this. Let's say the stapler is having um, a romantic encounter with this box. If you don't like people. Uh, but then along comes the mother of the box. The point of view of the stapler, the point of view of this little box, and the point of view of this box. Stop that. Hi, honey. Go away. So is your story going to be better from the point of view of the stapler or from the point of view of the large box with a big knob on top? I'm choosing the stapler. So this idea of shifting points of view and seeing the world from different angles is really interesting. It makes you consider things differently. It makes you view yourself differently. It makes you view the world differently. It makes you view that object differently. And I think there's value in that especially for those of us that are trying to communicate big ideas to large amounts of people in simple ways. Another thing I noticed when I was putting together the scenarios for today's show is that maybe I'm a little bit overly fond of the host finds himself in an out-of-control situation plot. 
And yeah, as I think about it, I've used that device in several episodes of this podcast going all the way back to season one, episode one. So that's interesting. And you should expect to hear lots of things falling apart as we go through these interviews and me trying to deal with the situations that are around me that are being caused by these strange and unruly guests. And speaking of guests, let me tell you who we're interviewing today. Today we have four guests. First is Samantha, who is a piece of facial recognition software with a really interesting idea. We have Dave the Password, who has a pretty bad sharing problem. We have Devin, the secure email gateway, who is struggling with the weight of the world. And then we have Barb, the phishing email, who will say just about anything possible to get you to click that link. Let's get to the first interview. Face, 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 another face, and another face. Another face, and yep, that's a face. So you get tired of faces, but aren't faces the entire reason that you exist? I mean, yeah, I'm a piece of facial recognition software, so faces are my life. But you know, it's like, geez, I long for an elbow or a knee. Yeah, I'd love to be living the elbow and knee life. I think I'd be good at that. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a thing. Oh, but it could be a thing. I think I could make it a thing. Yeah, it needs to be a thing. Um, okay. How about we back up for a minute? I think we forgot to do an intro. Just go ahead and state your name and tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, yeah, sure. I can do that. Just like, uh, hi, I'm Samantha and I blah 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 kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, um, hi. I'm Samantha, and I am a facial recognition unit. Well, really, just the software behind the facial recognition. Systems can use me in a few different ways. You know, like scanning large crowds of people looking for a specific face. Ooh, think of all the elbows and knees there. That would be awesome. Um, let's try not to get sidetracked, okay? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Where was I? Oh, yeah. I could be used to look through large crowds, or I can be used to go one by one through a set of faces being sent through my system. And some facial recognition systems are even included on phones, tablets, and laptops. Yeah, so uh, they basically see the same person over and over and over. Boring! Though, I guess that could be kind of nice, you know, like having that one true person that you connect with. Yeah, one person who you see every day. You see them first thing in the morning, and you see them when they look their best and when they look their worst. You see them in the good times and in the bad times. Yeah, I can see something special there. Well, aren't you, Mr. Sentimental? Okay, shifting topics. This is pretty cool. I was doing some research into facial recognition to help prepare for this interview, and I actually learned some really interesting things. I'll put links in the show notes for listeners. Here's something I found, and maybe this is pretty intuitive, but research shows that for someone signing into a system, people tend to like facial recognition more than something like having to scan a fingerprint or do an iris scan. You know, it's it's more passive and it feels more natural to them. And it can also be really fast. And so there doesn't have to be any overt interaction with the user. 
and facial recognition has been getting way better over the past several years through the use of machine learning. There's this ongoing study that NIST has been doing. That's the National Institute for Science and Technology. In 2020, NIST found that the best facial identification algorithm had an error rate of only 0.08%. That's less than one error in 1,000 images. As a human, I know I can't do that. That represents a 50x improvement in six years. And that's generally good news. It means that when we have facial recognition software scanning large crowds, it's going to be more accurate in looking for things like terrorists or helping identify criminals from CCTV and cell phone videos after crimes have taken place. These systems also have great potential in the field of medicine. Like, imagine if someone's connected camera is then able to confirm that grandpa took his heart medication today or if the software is detecting for emotions. You know, like if Aunt Sally seems to be overly depressed. But I guess with everything, there's also a dark side. Like those cases when facial recognition software accidentally... Uh, Excuse me? Hey, I've got an idea. Have you ever seen that movie, Silence of the Lambs? Yeah, I, I have. Have you? And how is that even possible? Yeah, I've seen it. It's a classic. And don't ask how. That's not the point right now. The point is that I've got an idea. So I'm not sure how to try this, but do you remember that part in Silence of the Lambs when Hannibal Lecter was trying to escape? Yeah, what about it? Do you remember something that he stole to try to get away? Uh... Remember? He stole a guard's face! I know, right? Gruesome, but cool. Okay... What are you getting at? Okay, here's the idea slash question slash experiment. Do you think you think you could trick me into thinking you're someone else if you stole their face? Um... You know, I think that'd be rad. I've never tried that before. Let's try, let's try, let's try! Please? Yeah, I think not. I, I think maybe that's not the most, uh, practical experiment. I mean, where would we even get a face? Ugh, well, I guess you're... Wait. Who's that guy at the desk behind you? You mean Carl? That's Carl, my sound engineer. Yeah, he's got a face. You want me to steal Carl's face? Well, duh! That's the experiment, isn't it? Just, just take it and... And maybe if that works, you could, you know, put Carl's face in your pocket, stash it in your backpack, you know, have it with you whenever you need it. You could see it in the good times and in the bad times, you know. You could wear it to order at Starbucks. They'd say, what name do you want me to put in this order? And you could say, Carl, put it under Carl. You could go into a restaurant and say, oh, yes, reservation for... A Carl? Uh, Table for two? Um, I'm not sure you know exactly how disturbing that idea is. Oh, what? So you think you're an expert on faces now? Oh, sorry. I'm not trying to offend you or say anything about your experience. It's just that that we humans, we can't go around borrowing each other's faces. At least not Hannibal Lecter style. Well, what about John Travolta style and Nicolas Cage style? You know, like that movie Face Off? Seriously? 
It's like someone programmed you and fed you a bunch of old VHS tapes from the 90s. Oh, or, or what about those deep fake things I keep hearing everyone talk about? Um, I'm sorry, we really don't have time to get into that one right now. I think it's time for us to wrap up. Samantha, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us today. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Oh, and... Bye, Carl. I'll be seeing you. Carl, go hide. And next up, we have Dave the Password. We'll go ahead and start that interview now. All right, I think we're ready. So, yeah, you can just use that right there. So thanks for joining me today. Sure, no problem. Thanks for having me. Are you comfortable telling us a little bit about yourself? I mean, I'm guessing you do like to keep your privacy a bit. Yeah, you'd, you'd think that, wouldn't you? But uh, but yeah, I can share a bit. I mean, it's it's not like I've got a lot to lose. What do you mean? Okay, let me let me take you through the whole bit. Hi, my name is Dave. I'm a password. I have a sharing problem. I'm not sure I know what that means. Sharing problem? Well, let me spell it out for you. <sighs> there's, a, there's a little pun in there if you go searching for it. Anyway, I'm a password. And, you know, passwords are supposed to be secure. Keys to the kingdom and all that. Well, my creator, Derek, made me. And he's just using me over and over and over. Over. Wow, that... I mean, frankly, it's just laziness on his part. And his laziness means I can never get any rest. I mean, hey, Derek, give me a break, man. How does that make you feel? I mean, I guess it makes me feel not that special. Like I'm something to just be thrown around without any thought. You know, when he first made me, I felt special. I I was his MySpace password. Good, good times, you know? And then... Then he used me for Facebook, and then LinkedIn, and then Amazon, and those are just the normal ones. And there are a few um, sites that are, let's say, a little less savory. Like wait, 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 wait. Let's at least leave this guy a little bit of dignity. Oh, I'm I'm not judging. He can get his freak on, however he wants. But I mean, just leave me out of the equation, you know? Do you know anything about data breaches? Data breaches. What are those? Yeah, so data breaches are times when an organization loses a lot of information from their systems. Um, Usually a hacker comes in or somebody accidentally spills something out. And there are lots of times when the result of that data breach is that they've lost user ID and password combinations, which means that if you were able to go through those records, you could start to see oh, this person who has this user ID tends to use this password. Oh. Oh, my. I feel so exposed. You mean people other than Derek might be able to see me? I don't know how to break this to you, but with all the data breaches out there and all the times passwords have been lost, I bet you're out there and other people can see you. Well, maybe there's a bright side to this. Maybe they'll see me and decide to use me as an example for their own passwords. Yeah, probably not. Why not? Am I not complex enough for you? 
no, that's that's not it. And for the record, I don't even know what you are. Oh, I'm Sparky1981! Exclamation point! But that's not important right now. Why don't you think I'm good enough to be a model password? Well, lots of reasons now. But what I was about to say before you got into oversharing mode was that I don't think people will use you as an inspiration to make their own passwords. I think it's way more likely that they'll use you to log into Derek's account. They'll just find you in a data breach and then they'll have access to Derek's email address with you right next to it. And then they'll just use both of those pieces of information to log into any account that Derek used you for. That's horrible. Though it would explain why I feel like I'm being used from multiple locations at the same time. I just thought Derek learned some kind of new trick. I mean, who am I to know what humans are capable of? So, you're Sparky1981 exclamation mark, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess the proverbial cat's out of the proverbial bag on that one. So, here's a fun experiment. Let me let me try this for you. Is, is that okay? <sighs> sure. This is kind of like a mind-reading experiment. How much do you know about Derek? Oh, Quite a lot. I mean, didn't you hear? I've been with him since the MySpace days. Okay, so you know quite a lot about his life. I think this experiment's going to be good then. Let me get myself centered here. And deep breath in, deep breath out, deep breath in, and out. Okay, I'm getting a sensation here. I sense that Derek had a dog. (gasps) Derek had a dog, yes? Yeah. And this was a a boy dog. Yeah, you're right. Wait, wait. Don't tell me his name. This was a boy dog, and I'm, um, and I'm sensing that the first letter of this dog's name wasn't S? What? Right? That's... Yeah, yeah. First letter was an S, and then the last letter was a... Hold on. It's coming to me now. Yeah, the last letter of, of this dog's name was a Y. <gasps> His name was... Oh, yeah. His name was Sparky. That's... Sparky, am that's... I right? And um, I'm sensing me... Derek's birthday is... Wait, wait, don't tell me. Wait a minute. Oh. Sensing Derek's birthday is... Oh, shut up. You already know his birthday is 1981. His dog's name is Sparky, and his birthday is 1981. Yeah. What a f***ing moron. I mean... Yeah. Okay. Um, I really want to know what emotions you're processing right now. How does all this... How does all this make you feel? It makes me feel, it makes me feel, actually, you know what? I I think it makes me feel good. Good? Good, yeah. Special even. I just realized he uses me to keep, keep the memory alive of his first dog, Sparky. So every time he types me in, it's like a little bit of that love goes back out into the universe, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I get that. But what about? Oh, yeah. The 1981 thing. That's pure laziness, and and yeah, the dog thing is laziness too. But I, I get where it's coming from. Yeah, I get where he's coming from too. But 
here's one thing you have to know. He's going to have to stop using you. I mean, by today's password standards, you're just not good enough. And you've been in data breaches. Dave? 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 Are you okay? Do you love Derek? Yeah. Then you're going to have to let him move on. He's going to have to change you across all these accounts to something more secure. And not just one password, but new, strong, totally unique passwords for each one of those accounts. Do you think it will hurt? Man, that's a that's a good question. I really don't think we can know these things. But I do think that you'll be able to rest knowing that you've done your best and that Derek is safer. Do you think I'll be able to become one of those new passwords? I mean, maybe I can even get in on some sexy new multi-factor authentication time. Yeah, I I don't know what's possible for you, but what I do hope is that Derek chooses a great passphrase for each account and turns on multi-factor authentication for the accounts that let him and then starts to live a much safer digital life. Yeah, I think I'd like that, to know that Derek is safe. Uh, that's the dream, I mean, yeah. Uh, he's a moron, but he's my moron. Thank you. Well, Dave... Thanks for spending a few minutes with me. I actually learned a lot today. Thank you. I learned a lot too. And now, I'm off to dream. I'm going to dream about all the new passwords I might become. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. And now we return to our sponsor's question about forms of social engineering. Know Before will tell you that where there's human contact, there can be con games. It's important to build the kind of security culture in which your employees are enabled to make smart security decisions. To do that, they need new school security awareness training. See how your security culture stacks up against Know Before's free phishing test. Get it at knowbefore.com slash phishing test. That's knowbefore.com slash phishing test. Welcome back. So in the first half of the show, you heard from Samantha, the piece of facial recognition software, and then you heard from Dave, the password. Now let's move on to Devin. All right, I think we're ready. I've actually really been looking forward to this, so just go ahead and do the traditional intro thing. Go for it. My name is Devin, and I'm a secure email gateway. You can call me Devin the Defender. Hmm. Okay. Or, or not. Really, Devin, just Devin is fine. All right, so you're a secure email gateway. What exactly does that mean? What What do you do? Yeah, so, you know what email is, right? 
I mean, you get it all day, every day. You had invited me for this interview by sending me an email. Though, to be honest, I thought it was spam at first. Huh, interesting. You can think of me as kind of like a post office. I'm a computer server that processes all the email coming into or going out of an organization. That means I see everything, and I make judgment calls on what's good and what's bad. If it's good, I let it through. But if I suspect that it's something like unwanted or annoying email, I can ditch that. Or if I think that it's a dangerous email, like a phishing email, I can block it or set it aside for someone to have a look at. You know, give a second opinion. Yeah, I guess that means you've seen just about every kind of email out there. I've seen most, yeah. But there are programs out there run by the big internet companies that filter out lots of emails before I even get a chance to see them. Tell you what, if you think I look tired and overworked, you can't even imagine what those folks look like. I, I never said anything about you looking tired. Oh, I could see you judging. <sighs> Whatever. Tell me a little bit about the kinds of things that you've seen. Well, here's how I think about it from a high level. There are two kinds of emails that come through. Good email. Email that I want to just let go through unmolested. And then there's the bad stuff. The stuff that I want to never let in. The stuff that pisses me off and makes me want to punch its ugly face and rip it from limb to limb. <clears throat> Virtually speaking, of course. Yeah. But it's actually a bit more complicated than that. It's not just good or bad. There's levels, you know. It's like this. There's stuff that seems clearly okay. Let's just call that good. But then, there's spam. You know, your basic penis enlargement ads, sketchy medication sales pitches, people try to sell you stuff, and so on. The big thing here is that it's annoying email that you never asked for. But then, there's ham. Ham can look like spam, and smell like spam. But the main difference is that at some point, you asked for it. You might not remember it. But at some point, you signed up for that annoying newsletter, or a checkbox that said that this company can email you. That's ham. Neither spam nor ham are technically bad. They're just annoying little shits. But then there's the bad stuff. I'm talking phishing emails, spear phishing emails, stuff with links to malware, business email compromise emails, tons of it. And there's more and more every day. Here's my question. If your entire job is keeping stuff out, then why is phishing still responsible for the vast majority of data breaches today? Hey, buddy, you better watch it. Here's the thing. Okay, there's a thing. What's the thing? Oh, I'm gonna tell you the thing. What is it? The cyber criminals, right? Cyber criminals keep changing tactics. I'm good at blocking the types of emails that I've identified before, or that I've been trained on. But cyber criminals are always, always evolving, you know. They keep getting better at making harmful emails look innocent. Or at least, look different enough from what I know is bad so they can slip by. Yeah, and then it becomes an end-user's problem. If it's a fish, they might click the link. If it's malware, they might download it. That's bad. Yeah, and I feel bad about that. But what can you do? I've got AI and machine learning running, but this whole thing's an arms race. I mean, lots of what gets by me now is business email compromise stuff. There's no link or nothing. It just looks like a normal email. 
They email back and forth a few times, gain trust, and then trick someone in the company I'm trying to protect into doing a wire transfer, or sending out confidential data, or buying gift cards. <sighs> Fucking gift cards, can you believe it? Devin, I know you really want to do the best job you can, but I'm still having a hard time understanding how so much gets through and becomes a problem that a human has to deal with. There's just so much, and it never stops coming. I mean, really, how bad can it be? You want to know how bad it can be? Yeah, I want to know. Really? You sure? Yes, I am sure. Okay, let me show you. In just a minute, I'm going to show you what I see. Let me know when you're ready. I think I'm ready. Opening the floodgates in three, two, one. I see you're still subscribed to the Daily Dad Joke. In one year, your family will be cursed with a horrific death unless you forward this email to five separate accounts. It's game day, and if you buy $100 worth of pizza, you can get a one cent discount. You got a LinkedIn request from Have you ever felt lacking in stimulation? Very interested in your business proposition. Elon Musk wants to give you a free solar panel one hour's worth of time and save you a lifetime's worth of unwanted ads like these. Sign up for our newsletter. Your account is packed. You have transferred $1,000 to an unknown account. Would you like to get your money back? Email here. Vladimir Putin really thinks you could hold a sh ton of money for him. Your Okay, 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 okay. I get it. There's only so much you can be prepared for, and you'll probably. You'll probably never be able to stop a hundred percent of threats. I... I really want to. I take my job seriously. But there's just so much. And... It never stops. I keep getting better. And I keep trying. But the sad thing is that every now and then, I'm going to miss something. And that puts the people I want to protect at risk. So, if you could give a message to the listeners out there, what would it be? It would be that I'm able to help as much as I do. And I'm sorry for the times when I miss something. I'm sorry for the data breaches that have happened because I can't catch everything and I let you down. That's the thing about security. We all know security is about layers. There's no security layer that is 100% effective. And the security layer that works really well with me is you. You are actually a critical security layer. You humans are great at developing an instinctual understanding of some of the tactics that scammers use in phishing emails. I'm great at reading the lines, but you're great at reading between the lines. I'm great at scanning text. But you are great at scanning the subtext, and I'm great at doing a primary evaluation of everything, but we can all benefit from a second opinion. And that's where you come in. Really, take a look at everything you've got. See if it's triggering those things that you humans have. You mean emotions? Yeah, those. If an email is making you angry, or sad, or feel rushed, or like something is too good to be true, then slow down. Take a deep breath. Maybe even walk away for a bit. Then come back and look again. And if it looks fishy, 
reported. If you see something, say something. And that sounds like a great bit of advice to end on. Devin, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. And if you need to wash some of those spam and fishing messages out of your head, I've heard that vodka helps. Um, anyway, thanks for joining, Devin. It's fitting that we just spoke with Devin, our secure email gateway, because our last interview today is with Barb, the phishing email. And you'll get an idea of how persistent phishing can be and the kind of tricks she has up her sleeve. So thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, and would you maybe want to check out some nude photos of your favorite celebs? Just click here. What? No. Mm, sorry, not sorry. Had to try, you know? Yeah, I, I guess so. Whatever. How about you go ahead and introduce yourself? Okay, sure thing. I'm Barb. That's a bit of a pun if you think about it. <laughs> and I'm a phishing email. Interesting. That explains a few things. So you try to get people to click on things like the promise of celebrity nude photos or... Or anything, really. I'm just after what works. Here's an example. Okay. What's the example? Oh, it's right here. You see, I made here's an example, a hyperlink. So you can just, you know, click it. Come on, click it. Don't you want to see the example? Oh. Click it. Click it. Okay, sure. Click um, it. let me click see it. here. Come on, click it, click it, click oh, it. Oh, wait. You almost got me. Click it. Come on. Click it. Click it. Wow. Click it. You click are it. super persistent. Well, yeah, and you're very weak-minded. Hey, now you're just being rude. Want to complain to my manager? Just click here. Well, I can't. No, come the fuck down, podcast boy. I'm just trying to make a point. Here's the thing. Okay, what's the thing? Oh, calm down. I'm telling you the thing. There are plenty of sophisticated phishing scams out there. Scams that do a great job at looking just like a real message coming from a real company. Or a real message from your boss. <sighs> but honestly... <laughs> Gosh darn it. Honestly. <sighs> But honestly, you'd be shocked at how much of the real work is done just by manipulating someone's emotions. And let me tell you, I am here to play on all of the emotions. From someone lusting for sexy time photos of their favorite celebrities to, to wanting to click, click, click to take advantage of that limited time offer for free pizza. Are you hungry, Perry? Just click here. No? But wait, there's more! Oh, did you see that your Google Drive just ran out of space? What are you gonna do about it? Huh? What are you gonna do about it? Um... I know. You can fix it by just clicking here! Oh, look at that! A package delivery? Do you want to know what it is? Do you want to know what it is? Don't you want to know? Come on, you know you do! You can... You can feel it, right? Feel what? That, that, that raw emotion, that desire to satisfy your curiosity, 
Or to feed your hunger. Or maybe I can interest you in this PDF that says overdue invoice. Oh, come on, Barb. This is supposed to be an interview, and you've spent almost all of our time so far trying to convince me to click on a malicious link or download some kind of sketchy stuff. Maybe you can just give a bit of advice to the folks listening. That would be helpful. You mean like how to trick people into clicking on or downloading stuff they shouldn't click on or download? <sighs> yeah, sure. I guess I can just undo all of this later. Go for it. Say whatever you want to say. So, you see, peeps, anytime you can get someone riled up, anytime you can get their emotions coming out of fear or anger or lust or hunger or fear of missing out, anytime you can do that, you're almost guaranteed to win. It's like basic human nature. Humans have a really hard time thinking logically and really evaluating an email whenever you get them worked up. They have this this knee-jerk reaction and, and they just click. Would you say that people can improve their chances of not falling for a phishing email if they just try to slow down? You know, maybe walk away from their computer for a bit or set down their phone for a few minutes and then come back and maybe look for signs of trickery? Would I? Say that? You want to know if I would say that? Well, here's your answer, buddy. F no! That fucking ruins everything! What are you trying to do here, huh? Ruin my livelihood? I mean, this, uh, this is how I make my living, and... And what would all of the other scammy emails say if I let that little morsel slip? What do you think they would do? What do you think they would do? This interview was over. I, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't trying to trick you, honestly. I just, I think you got the wrong- I'm out of here! Message clipped. What, what, what? Message clipped? What, what do you- well, Yeah, message clipped. Click here, too. Oh, I see your game now. Sorry, still not gonna do it. Well, hey, it was worth a shot. You gotta admit, I had you going. I could tell you were frustrated, confused, scared. You felt out of control? Um, yeah, you, you almost got me. That was educational. Um, thank you. No, oh, thank you. And if you want to schedule a follow-up about spear phishing or business email compromise, just let me know. Or you can click here to schedule that. Oh, okay. Just let me click. <laughs> well, 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 podcast boy. It seems you're only human after all. And, um, thanks for having me. <laughs> this was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap for today's show i hope it was a fun ride for you and i also hope it gives you some courage to try new things and to take some creative risks every now and then if you haven't noticed there's somewhat of a finding creativity theme all throughout this season and that's because i'm still learning i like to challenge myself i like to try new things and honestly just have a little bit of fun every now and then with some of the things that I'm learning. 
and hopefully you're having fun as well. And with that, thanks so much for listening. And thank you to my um, guests, Samantha, Dave, and Devin, and Barb. As usual, you can check the show notes for all the relevant links and references for the topics that we covered today, as well as the production credits, so you can see the names of the folks who lent their voices to make today's episode possible. If you've been enjoying 8th Layer Insights and you want to know how you can help make the show successful, I've got an easy ask for you. Just tell a friend to listen. Seriously. That would be an amazing help for me as I continue to build the 8th Layer Insights audience and community. So, if you would, recommend the show to at least one other person this week. And of course, if you haven't yet, please go ahead and subscribe or follow wherever you like to get your podcasts. If you want to connect with me, feel free to do so. You'll find my contact information at the very bottom of the show notes for this episode. The show was written, recorded, sound designed, and edited by me, Perry Carpenter. Artwork for 8th Layer Insights is designed by Chris Machowski at ransomware.net. That's W-E-A-R. And Mia Rune at miarune.com. The 8th Layer Insights theme song was composed and performed by Marcus Moscat. Until next time, I'm Perry Carpenter, signing off. Thank you.